Hey guys, Jeff Beggins here. Thank you for listening to the BE3 podcast. For the last 25 years now, with 55,000 transactions, billions of dollars in sales, coaching and training thousands of real estate agents, we've seen a lot, we've heard a lot, and we've done a lot, and now it's about giving it back to you. It's about empower, educating, encourage you to be the best you can be and take you to the next level. Thanks for listening. All right. All right. What's going on, BB3? You've got a really cool topic today with the three of us. You've got me, Jeff Beggins. Craig Beggins. And Mike Puma. And we have an interesting debate to chat about today. And the topic is what makes a good agent? Is it power slash influence or is it force? And the interesting question is we have examples of both inside the company. And we have all had times that we were both one of either, and they all have pros and they all have cons. And let's just chat about what is it? What makes an agent? Let's talk about the difference between um, power versus force and what will we'll substitute influence for power also. So influencing agent versus a forceful agent. So. Well, I've got an opinion on that. I think, I think the I, world has changed and consumers are getting smarter and they recognize when you actually care about them. And the old pushy days, you know, we just finished Next Level University last week. Yep. We taught how to sell. And, but the premise behind teaching them how to sell was to make the customer have a better experience. So I think the old days of power, you know, I'm slimy salesman is going to get the deal. Yep. I think those are over. Well, what's sales though? Communication, identifying the prospect's needs and finding a way to meet them. It's really, I mean, the old days of, hey, do I have something for you, right? right. You're not even thinking hey, about baby, this look, one. You but look great need, in that car. I need to yeah. tell you why you need this, right? That's, that's really not a thing anymore. Just identifying what's going on in your world. Is there a problem? And then figure out how I can be your advisor, walk you down that path to a solution that might work for you. It's but I think that's advisor. the difference, right? I think, you know, sales, because to your point, the need, just satisfying the need to me is not a sale right because the need the real the real if you're building a relationship and a, and a long-term client the real play there is is that is their need or what they perceive to be their need is that the right thing for them right because if my need is i think my house should sell for 320 but it's really worth 350 or 60 and he tells me that and says, hey, listen, you're undercutting yourself. Let's go to the market and get the best deal. Now he's being an advisor, right. but he could have gotten me 320 and my, my short-term need would have been achieved, right? And that's what so many I see out there do. They kind of force the sale because it's easy, right? They don't want to deal with the work of going down that road. And so they take the path of least resistance. The problem is that short-term gain turns into a long-term fail. <laughs> we have a heckler outside the room. Hey, um, it was a point. small heckler. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the example to that is, and I had this debate with an agent the other day. They've got a buyer who's interested in a waterfront house in Apollo Beach. Right. Right. It's a 1970-ish house. Okay. We know from experience that many of those homes are having collapsed sewer lines. Okay. And the solution to that collapsed sewer line is you got to jackhammer up the floor and replace it all the way to the street. It's like a $40,000 deal. Okay. Right? So if you're working with a buyer in that neighborhood, do you discuss something like that 
and say, you know, this is a 1970s house. Things in this neighborhood have been collapsing. I recommend we get a 3D camera to go in there and check out the sewer pipe before we do it. It's probably going to cost you 300 bucks to test it. But is that killing a sale or is that building a relationship? It could potentially kill a short-term sale. Is that okay? But it, right. But that's that's the right thing to do. I agree. And that builds influence. And that's the difference, I think, between the two is when you're focused on building influence and trust, because that's really what influence is. It's trust. When you're focused on that, you're going to make that decision. When you're not and you're like, shit, you know what? I got bills to pay. I'm going to do You're probably not making that comment. That's a good point. Well, that that's the difference between the power versus force debate, right? Because both work, but it depends on, are you trying to do a transaction or are you trying to build a business? Because there, there's sales trainers out there, some of which I've been through and you have too, mm -hmm. that it's about numbers. Crank out numbers, it's a numbers game and you'll get deals. You will get deals, 100% you will get deals if you're doing it, but will you build a business? And that's kind of the issue that- Will you build a following? A following and a business and repeat business. Because the ultimate goal in this business is to have this ring, right? And because you're spending so much time and energy trying to get business. And do you want to do that forever or do you want your efforts to actually do it? So talk, what's your analogy or spaceship analogy? Oh, the, the rocket, the space shuttle uses more energy getting itself off the pad than it will for its seven day spin around the orbit, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes more energy to, to take off. But once you take off, you're just cruising. It's talking about if you've did a good job, right? We if were talking. If you tr tricked them about the sewer line and tricked them into a forty thousand dollars non-insurance claim, right? They're not going to ever use you. They're again. not going to help propel you around your orbit, no. right? The airplanes are using energy and force the entire flight from takeoff to landing, and that's just what they're designed to do. But the the rockets are doing all the energy up front so they can coast. So Bob Dean, great agent of ours, we were talking about him at the sales meeting. Bob has been with us six year anniversary, right? Wow. And started brand new, just came into the business, and he's doing very well in this business, but he was a perfect analogy of that because he couldn't help but talk to everybody he ever met, right? Hey, you wanna move up, move down, move around. That's like his line. I don't care if you're in line at Subway, in a bathroom, at a bar, <laughs> at a restaurant, doesn't matter, or Walmart, right? He's having that conversation. But right now, I mean, he's he's doing two, three deals a, a week, right? And it's 100% yeah. inbound now because he's up in the orbit doing that. But because he does a good job and he connects with people and really delivers that experience, and it's been influence, not force. And that, that's the interesting. So the three things I wrote down from the, the power versus force from an, infant, from an influence side is if you're going to be an effective from an influencing perspective, you've got to have these three things. Integrity, right? You've got to have understanding and compassion, right? So those three things, integrity, understanding, and compassion, which is you can't fake. Right. And if you have integrity, you can't not talk about that collapsed sewer line. You just can't do it. And if you don't have integrity, you're going to not talk about the collapsed sewer line. And because it's not a disclosable issue, you don't have to. But because you know of another one down the street that it's likely the integrity part of you is going to say this is a possibility for you. And that creates the influence that says, man, he didn't have to tell us that, but he did. And that's how the world that's how the word spreads and that's how your repeat and referral business starts coming back to you. You just made me think, you know, I do boat tours on Saturday mornings for customers and going yep. out again, you know, the things I tell them on those boat tours are things most brokers would never tell them, but I want them to know that the flood insurance is an issue and that it's going to go up 25% a year until you reach actuarial rates. Yep. So the house built after 19, I just tell them things that they're like, we can't believe you're telling us this. 
well, that's how we do our business. I don't want any surprises. I want a good relationship with you. Because their best friend would tell them the same thing. Sure, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet you in the grocery store and I don't want you kicking me in the shin. I want you saying, hey, how are things going? By the way, I've got a friend who's doing something and I don't sell the houses. I do it for the agents, but that's... that's yeah, but a, a lot of the time too, it's stuff like that. It's having the integrity that stands out in a sales environment. That's right. Because so many people, everyone that you talk to, that you come in contact with has been screwed by, or at least perceived themselves to have been screwed by a salesperson at some point. Yep. So when an agent comes at them, that's a salesperson automatically off the bat, before they even get to know you, their, def their defenses are up because they're assuming that you're gonna screw them somehow, some way you're yep. a bad person and you're gonna screw them. And so when you're, when you take the other way, you know, we've seen it even during recruiting, we've had, how many times have we had agents come in to sit with us? that say, hey, I'm really, you know, I'm really just going to work with my fam friends or family or, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do some flips and stuff. And we say, don't don't come here. Though. Don't come here. Go go to a Charles Rottenberg. You don't need us. Right. We There's no value we can bring. Your you're business. not building a business. Yeah, you're, you're not building a business. You're doing flips. So go go somewhere else and where you can keep more of that money. And they thoroughly appreciate that. And then end up referring us someone else that actually is building a real estate business that needs our help and support and tools that we offer. So it's that though that stands out because there's so many other brokerages that are like, oh, you have a pulse? Cool, sign here. We don't care what your business is. We wanna charge you our monthly fee or whatever it is. So I think a lot of people, if you actually show that integrity and try and build influence, you're gonna stand out so much more. The funny thing about integrity is you can't talk about or brag about the fact that you have it because it's <laughs> fake. You either do or you don't. You do or yeah. you don't and it's felt or it's not. Correct. That's just the way that it is. And that, and you don't start with that. You have to earn that over time by doing a couple of transactions and let people know that you're there for the long term. Perfect example, I think, when we just had an interesting lunch. I was just going to talk about that. Right? With an agent that we have. And his business is not very well. He's doing very, very well as an agent. He's got over six figures pending right now. Yep. And he wants to take it to the next level. And he's getting mired down in some of the details and doesn't know kind of where is that next level. So we're kind of going through ways he can kind of fix his business and spend a lot of time with them. Actually, the three of us gives an idea about how much we give to our agents, right? When they need some And money. we bought lunch. That's right. <laughs> right. And, um, and do it. But his business has been primarily built on force, right? And yeah. not in a non-integrous way, but just in a forceful way where about, I want a deal. I got a deal for you. Do I have a deal for you? Do I have a deal for you? I have a deal for you. He's got 2,000 leads that he's uncovered <laughs> of potential clients and he doesn't need 2000 deals. He's happy to do 40, right? And so 40 out of 2000 allows you to just blow through numbers. But mm -hmm. I think the mind shift we saw today is pretty interesting. What did you see the difference? How would you explain how he did it versus what he's gonna start doing? Well, I think it goes back to he's gonna demonstrate the integrity. When you're hunting desired property and you've got a bunch of investors that are standing by to buy it, the likelihood is that you're representing the investor to get it for as little as you can. Right. So, hey, so, I've got I've got four I've got 40 people that might want your property. Here's an offer. Here's an offer. Like, in, what's the what is the gut? Just what's the gut reaction to that? If you receive that that offer, what's the what's the catch? Right. What's it really worth? Are you trying to lowball me? Yeah, right. it must be worth something more than what you're offering me or you wouldn't have offered to me. Right. Probably right because nobody gives you their best offer really up front most of the time. And the paradigm shift today was. No, no, no. Go align with, put your arm around the seller and say, look, 
there's lots of people that'll buy your property, but we need to evaluate which one's best for you, right? I will take you to the wholesale market. I will take you to the resale market. I will take you to the retail market and I'll take you to the improved market. And then we'll see what's best for you. Because it's two things, it's time and money. Yeah. And what's most important to you, we have to analyze. But I'm here to help you do that process as opposed to take my offer. And pause, because I'm not even gonna talk to you about an offer until I know it's right for you to take it. Because where would you move? Let's say you got a perfect offer right now. Could you even buy something? Do you know, was your credit stolen? Is your credit score 580? And you have no clue about it because you haven't bought a house in forever because you had no need to. What's your credit score? What's your income? Could you qualify for another loan? How much equity do you have? Where would you want to live? Because what if we can't find as cool a neighborhood as you have right here? Don't sell. Right. But if let's talk about that. And let's let me have you talk to my loan guy. Let's run some equity numbers. Let's see what you have to put down. What would your payments be? And where would you want to live? And then let's go look at some houses. And if something excites your ass about living there instead of here, then we'll talk about the deal. Because I've got plenty of people that will buy today. And then I've got a lot of people who will find them will buy tomorrow. Right. And so if you walk into that relationship now saying, I'm not even going to talk, I know I'll sell your house. I'm not even worried about that. But we're not even going to talk about that. That's step four. Right. Yeah, I think the key is presenting all options, even if some of those options are not in your personal best interest. Yeah. That is that is literally the summary of it. And they it might say you shouldn't sell. It right? just reminded me. So Realogy is the parent company of Century 21, Cobol Banker, EIA and all the others. Right. And Realogy has been voted for the last seven years the most ethical company. And Realogy just released a new iBuyer program because everybody's getting the iBuyer thing. Yep. And the iBuyer thing is we're going to lowball you, but we're going to make it really easy for you. So Realogy came up with something. They're calling it Catalyst Plus. And what Catalyst is, is you hire us to sell your house. We bring in Realogy to give you an offer. And that offer sits there and waits for you for up to 45 days to give your agent time to expose it to the greater market to see if you can beat their offer. Which is it just it's in line with their integrity. That's right. Right. So it's kind of cool. It just popped in my head. Rather than the pressure of, hey, you have this deal and you have 48 hours to respond. Yeah. And you're paying well, me 10 points. It's, on it's top not of only that. it's not only the pressure of those deals. The part that bothers me the most about most of the iBuyers that are out there is the fact that they're not transparent about it at all. It'd be one thing like Catalyst is doing is saying, listen, we're going to give you an offer. It's going to be lower than what typical market rate is. But if you're in a bind or time is more important yeah. to you. Here is a real offer, right? Which is what all of them are essentially doing. But my issue is when most of them are sitting there leading the consumer to believe that it's not that much below market. And that, oh, you're basically paying the same. Oh, and no, you're paying you're, no commission. Yeah, you're paying no commission. So it all evens out. No, it doesn't. That's the part that's unethical. It's that it's that illusion that they're paying the same. They're not paying. Just be transparent. Just the, be honest. The girl who cuts my hair, um, Dolce is her name. She has a townhouse that her and her husband own and they want to sell it. And she says, come on over and show me what we can get for it. And of course we do. And I get an agent to go over and does the price and it's worth around 230-ish, right? And and she says, I got an offer from Open Door, right? And for two, 220, right? And when we did our net sheet at the end of the day, she was getting 215 or 216. She was, I'm better off taking the offer for 220. There's no commissions involved. I said, okay, time out. This goes back to your <laughs> yeah. integrity issue. There's no commission, but, but there's, there's a convenience fee. An 8% convenience fee, and it's lower than market type of thing. Yeah. And so by the time you back that number off, you're way down. Now, that's that for that specific thing. But that's the difference between that's that's force, right? right? The way that they're doing that business model is here you go, smoke and mirrors, you know, 
not calling deception. it what it is, deception. It's a perfect word. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not integrous, right? At that level versus, hey, it is what it is. This is what it's really worth. Here's what I think you're really going to get and do what you want. But here's what you are going to get. Somebody that actually have your back and make sure that you don't waste time. And we sure don't mind doing it. And I'm, here's an open door. Here's an offer pad. Here's a Zillow offer. Yep. Which one's better? And that's the conversation. What are you going to do with that money? We're going to sit and wait for a better opportunity to invest it in. Okay, well, then you have time. So why would you why would you even give away five or six grand if you have time? Now, if you said, I can't make my payments and I need something this week, take it, yeah. right? So we'll buy it for that price, <laughs> right. right? But if you don't want to do it, then let's go get retail and let's see what we can do because you have right. an, what's an extra month or two if I can get an extra five or 10 grand? Because there's not one other floor plan in your building that has sold in the last 18 months and it's a great floor plan and there's nothing there and you've got a great view of the lake. So somebody will have value to that subjective subjectivity of that property yeah. and they'll pay more. Yeah. Right. And we'll be able to force that deal and, and check with their lenders and do those things. And it's trust. Right. I know 100 percent that she trusts me because I've known her for 20 years yeah. and she knows that there's zero shot. I would ever let anything happen to her and her husband that wouldn't be in their best interest. Right. right. And, and I don't even have to say that because that's why my phone has been earned. Right? Yeah. And that, that's the whole point versus, hey, sign it right now. We'll give you that deal at that price. So that that's the biggest issue that I'm seeing out there is people that don't really now, realize do you, the difference. Do you think that most of the agents that do force the sale are doing so because they feel like they need to to get a transaction right now because they got bills to pay and they haven't had any and they're, you know, they're behind and they need money right now? I, I think it's actually worse than that. I think a lot of them are just consciously incompetent, unconsciously incompetent i'm consciously incompetent explain that that means they don't know that they don't know explain so that let's say it's a use my apologies example with the collapsed sewer line yep you're from carolwood you met a person on wherever and which you, is you a different suburb from the yeah, town he's talking about 45 50 minutes north not waterfront neighborhood at all you don't know about these homes this neighborhood has had a series of water pipes have been collapsed. Right. So they're unconsciously. Yeah, but you, you could argue, though, that that in itself is unethical. Taking a listing yeah. or a buyer where in an area that you have no idea and not asking for help from a local agent is arguably unethical. I would agree. Right. That'd be like a roofer being like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take a look well, at your like plumbing. Example when the, your agent uncle wanted to buy a million dollar beach house in the panhandle yep yeah all right what did you tell him to do we refer have, it you have two choices <laughs> either refer it and take a nice sick ass referral fee or go move to the city for the next week and go see every single property that's for sale read the newspapers check out google see if any issues are there look at the property disclosures check it out and immerse yourself and learn that market and then you can bring value. Then you can be rewarded for your value. But if you're just going to go up there for a day. You're screwing your uncle. You're screwing your uncle over, <laughs> which is not yeah. cool. For but, yeah, and that's the, but that's taking the time. Now, that was worth the trip because he knew he was committed to him. Mm -hmm. And there was a sale at the end of that transaction. So it was worth a few hundred bucks of hotel rooms and a week of his rest of his life on pause because he got a $40,000 check at the end of the transaction. Yeah, yeah. But, but what? He didn't know about the collapsed sewer line that was prevalent in the neighborhood that might pop up next year. Right. You know? Well, part of his checklist was read the property disclosures on all the properties and the ones yeah. that so if you're going to do it, you can do it on that. Yeah. I think it's just, my point is that it, there's more value to a local agent than an out of town agent. I agree.
Yeah. Interesting. And active. Let's change topics for just... Or a brokerage that's local that imparts the wisdom to their agents to know what's going on. You know, like what you do in Madeira Beach, your ed- our agents know more about Madeira Beach than residents in Madeira Beach. Right. Right? Our office in Apollo Beach does. You're all over the place. But we teach them that because they're local. That's right. It's, that's the specialty. And that's the... There you go. That's being, being the specialist. Yep. All right, so we we did a cool thing as a brokerage, I think, a very cool thing recently, and we got a new hire. Oh, so yeah. let's talk about the position, what the name of the position is, and why we hired into that position. We hired a vice president of agent development. And I'll, I'll start this off because it's a personal pet peeve of mine that we have, we have hired over 400 salespeople that are actively licensed with us today, and over 130 of them have not done a transaction this year, which kills me yep. because we sat with them. We interviewed them. We asked them if they wanted to work. We asked them why they wanted to work. We spent three days with them through a university, through vision boards and goal planning and script practice and dialogue. And to have done not one transaction in this year, which is arguably one of the best real estate markets we've ever been in, means you're not even trying. So yep. why are you spending money on board fees? Why are you breathing? I mean, I just don't get it. So we're going to identify, tomorrow's our manager meeting, we're going to take down and say to the individual managers, who are the agents that you've just dropped because they don't engage? Yep. And we're going to make a decision tomorrow. Are we going to spend time helping the engaged do more or get the unengaged engaged? Or, or disengage both. the disengaged. And we're going to disengage the disengage is That's what right. we're going to go do. Mm-hmm. Because and we provide too much value to have that burden on our shoulder. Because we have integrity. I feel bad. Like we're doing something wrong, but we're not. They're just not showing up. Yeah. And it's really easy to turn on the afterburners if you have a reason to do it. Like right. this morning, Create a reason. This morning was a really fun morning for me. Because I was meeting with an agent here in this office. And it was fun. So as soon as I walked in, I saw her. And I said, how are you going to end up the year? And she goes, awesome. I'm going to end up with master's emerald level, which is, which is really great. High level earnings, about $178,000 in commissions. Mm-hmm. Right. And she goes, I'm going to, I'm going to hit master's emerald. And I said, okay, wimp, right. You could do better than that, which is not very empowering. Well, right? We got it. bills coming in the fourth quarter. We need you to produce. <laughs> We're going to need you but to make that rent payment. She, okay? she's, but here's the thing. She has 158,000 closed already. And she's got another 20 something thousand dollars pending to close. And so she's coasting into 178. Yep. And I said, come on, it's a, for a hundred grand more. Right now I, I get it. hundred grand is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right. But for a hundred grand more, you're at that next level. So what would you do? Could you do that? And then we walked through the math of it. And the math is pretty interesting, I think, to listen to. And in order to get where she needed to go, she has to do $3.5 million more in sales. This year, to close, there's only seven weeks left, Hmm. right? In order to book business this year, that'll close this business. That's half a million bucks a week, which is not easy. easy. Nope. And it's certainly not going to happen unless she has a reason to make it happen. Because she's got plenty of money right now and she's living very well and she's not stressed and she's she's good, right? But she's not at that next level of pushing. So what we did is came up with a really cool plan this morning of how she's going to end up and I'm gonna see her right after this because she's got a mission she's working on right now and to three and a half million closed, 
she's got a pipeline, right? So the first thing she's doing is going through that pipeline right now and asking a simple question. Do you plan on buying in the next 30 days? Yes or no, right? And if the answer is no, fine, great. I'll still talk with you. You're still my friend, but I'm allocating my time to those who are ready right now. And so she's going to come up with her list of people that are ready and prepared and willing and able to buy in the next 30 days. And I presume that's going to be a million dollars for the sales, right out of that pile. So then all we have to work on is two and a half million dollars more in the next seven weeks. That's, that's easy. Er, right. And she will sit down at the telephone and call all those people. She will. And, but she didn't have the reason. So I said, well, how do you have anything as an investment right now? No, I really want to get one. I said, well, then let's go get one. Well, can you buy a duplex or something? There's another duplexes around here. Get on MLS. Let's go look. Right. And there, lo and behold, guess what we found? A little duplex that was for sale that will cash flow. And she now has the money to put down. So she's going to go make an extra 60 to 100,000 bucks by the end of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Right. And get she will payment. close those deals as a down payment for something she wasn't going to do this morning. And she will get to the centurion level production. Her splits will go up. Her self confidence will go up. Her income asset sheet will go up. Her cash flow will go up. Her depreciation deduction from her taxes will go up. Correct. (laughs) And her whole world just elevated to another level. But because she got to that next level and has that push to go do it. Right. But that's not enough. Now she's going to need the follow-up accountability to make that happen. It's also like we just did with the guy we had lunch with. It took a coach to push them in that direction. To input that thought. Yes. But that's why we hired Otis and the VP of agent development. Because right. I think as as a group, we realize that we need another set of hands that are proactively helping these agents go to their next level. And it's very different, right? That conversation at lunch with him is very different than that conversation with Susie. So they're Correct. Those, two different people. Those two different people, two different sets of business, two different styles, two different development needs, right? Their next yep. level is different. And that... And that's very different from a brand new agent. And there's steps to get there. Just totally right. And so I think that is the hard part as a brokerage. If you have one manager or one person responsible to coach everyone, it's never going to work nope. because they're that ability to, to try and customize that is really hard, which is why we brought in that position because we realized we need to be able to help everyone regardless of what that development is for them because most brokerages just offer training. Well, what, what is that? Right. I mean, there's training is relatively generic and what is training? Is it contract training? Is it sales training? Is it what how is to it? training? Right. How to, how do I use a system? Is it CRM training? Is it digital marketing training? Like what is training, right? Training is, is high level stuff, but then there's development and development is completely different. I think that's right. where our shift has been where, we're spending a lot more time as a management team and as a brokerage focusing on how do we develop our agents, not train them. How do we develop right. them? And it's that's just like we're trying to get our agents to do with the customers. Right. We're developing the customers. Yeah, absolutely. Because we have superior knowledge. That's right. Or we should. And that's how we're going to grow. We've got huge goals as a brokerage, which we're going to hit. And mm-hmm. we're going to hit it by being able to provide more value to our marketplace than anybody else is able to provide. That's right. That's the same thing you need to be doing as an agent too. So the same thing. So when you need help, get it. Yep. And we needed help and we got it. So now we can focus on some other things too, knowing that when they come on board, they've got what they need to get to that next level. So development, it's continuing, continual education at a master's level, right? It's kind of what we do. That's what we do. It's, it's non-stopping. All right, so that's a short, sweet one. 
today. Yep. To the point, and it's really. I'm gonna add my one little character in, on that one. What is it? it? It just you know it pisses me off when we develop an agent to a point, and then they think they don't need us anymore, and they leave. Yep. Right for potentially more split. Yep. And I just like to say that 10% more of a $7,000 commission is 700 bucks. Us developing you to get one more transaction is 7,000 bucks. That's right. Trading dollars for pennies. I I just don't get it. Well, but you're putting logic in a business mind in an industry where people didn't come from logic and business minds. And so the, the allure of the shiny toy in the corner of come here for a higher split is a alluring to those who don't understand the difference, right. right? So we always say it's about the 1099. That's why I want to point out to the audience. I mean, I'm not doubting 100% companies do it, but if you want to build a business and be developed along the way and earn, have somebody that does it. Now, will we push Susie to make a couple, a few extra transactions this quarter? Absolutely. She'll she'll make an extra fifty thousand bucks now. If another company calls her and says, "Well, had you done that fifty grand here, you would have made an extra." But you wouldn't Eight, have done 10%, the 50 grand there. But you wouldn't have done that 50 grand there because right. of, of that. So that's that's the smart, smart money knows that. And uneducated, I'll say uneducated business thinking doesn't just get you there. So if you ever find yourself in that position, I don't care where you are watching, we'll help you walk through the numbers and the math because there's a big difference between yeah. how much you make. Huge. Big, big difference. So it all goes back to, are you building a business? You're building a business. You need business people to help you build a business. And that's what it's about. So hope you got some value out of today and sharing the love. Rising Tide raises all boats. Let us know what we can do. Give us a like, a like, little thumbs up, a little comment. Thoughts you'd like to see on the next podcast and reach out to us for whatever you could possibly need, guys. Thanks for watching. See you guys next week. See you guys.